this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. I put my wings up in the air sometimes, Quack. saying squawk, squawk. Micah's angels stand at the threshold to the Cradle of Quartz. You'd finally arrived at the Cradle of Quartz. Uh, you fought off a bunch of penis birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cockatrices. Uh, just like season two. Uh-huh. Uh, you rested, you healed up, uh, and you came back in the morning uh, to these massive bronze doors at the Cradle of Quartz. And the doors are open. This hexagonal chamber evokes the shape of a crystal with perfectly flat walls rising 20 feet high, angling inward toward the chamber's center and meeting at the central point 40 feet above the floor. The walls are inset with flat crystal faces and decorative patterns that mimic a humanoid form composed of gears and wheels. To the east, an angular dais with three stone steps carved from translucent stone. But an unyielding sentry still stands guard. In the center of all this is a large, and I do mean that in the mechanical sense. And oh. it is mechanical. And it is very mechanical. And a large is sense. What? clockwork sphinx. And you see this thing and it goes... Hi. And looks at you. It's time to meet the locals. Oh, oh so we are going to fight this. We're going to have We're gonna to fight, fight this. this. Now. Hey guys, it's Derek here, and I've, I've got a very important update to share with you all. Uh, I've got some news that's important, but unfortunately probably doesn't quite qualify as good news. Uh, the short version is that we're going to be changing uh, the release schedule for our show from weekly to bi-weekly. Uh, and additionally, we're going to take a short break for the rest of July this year. However... Uh, we are recording a bonus banter, bonus banter number six, uh, this Saturday, and we'll be happy to answer questions, concerns, or comments that you have about this schedule change. Uh, if you can submit them in the form linked in the episode description before then, we'll be happy to get to them. Um, but the longer version of this is that I, Derek, your mayonnaise flavor GM and producer of this show, have really been struggling with burnout for a while now. Now, before you get too worried, let me explain. I, I love this show, and I'm, I'm very proud of what we've been able to make here. I think we put out some really high-quality content for a random group of friends without any professional backgrounds in comedy, acting, or production, etc. Uh, while I love the show, producing it is really, really hard. Uh, to give you some context, for every 10 minutes of final published audio... It takes roughly an hour of production time uh, and add that up with our video pipeline, recording, GM prep. Uh, and this podcast can easily rack up 20 hours or more of work a week. And it's been really hard to manage that workload for the past two years while also working a full time job and trying to keep up with all my other responsibilities. I've had to make a lot of little and not so little sacrifices to try and keep everything running and it's really started to take a heavy toll on me. The hardest part about all this is the weekly cadence of content. Uh, finishing an episode really feels like finishing a project. And while it's relatively easy to lose sleep and sacrifice to get a single episode over the line, it's challenging to do that week after week after week and year after year. The hard part about making a podcast is that it's a marathon, not a sprint. This is why I've made the decision to both change our release schedule to bi-weekly and to take a small break for the rest of July. My hope is that cutting our content output in half will give me enough time to avoid having to crunch each week, as well as having more time to recover from the times I do have to crunch. This is not a decision that I made lightly or suddenly. It's actually been almost two months since I've committed to this plan. Um, and while there have been some good weeks in the meantime, there's also been plenty of weeks where I had to crunch. For the longest time, I was actually in denial about this being a problem. Uh, I was certain that I had the time and I was just managing it poorly and making myself crunch each week, procrastinating, you know. 
But what I was finally able to realize is that I only really had enough time to do everything in the weeks where everything went right and nothing came up. Because as soon as anything extra popped up in my life that I needed to do for work, family, friends, or just work around my apartment, all of a sudden I was slammed and I would have to crunch to get an episode out. Uh, And you may probably guess that those little things happen all the time. That's just normal. Uh, And in the end, all I was doing was wearing myself out and making myself less and less effective as I got more and more tired and more stressed and more burnt out. And I say all this for the sake of transparency and honestly, as a cautionary tale, to guard your own mental health. Uh, My mistake, like many people creating content, as I was all too willing to sacrifice my mental and physical health way too regularly, uh, protect and care for your mind and your body because you can't really buy new ones at your local supermarket. And with all that out of the way, what does this mean for the show going forward? Uh, The main takeaway is that I really, really don't want to end the show. I I love it. It's exactly why I'm changing the release schedule instead of just burning out and crashing at the end of the next book or season. Um, For me, the show isn't a hustle. It isn't about popularity. It's about our table. And it's about our audience. We're making the best tabletop scrapbook and we're sharing it with the world. Uh, whether it's just us or however many of you want to come along for the ride. Uh, But going forward, expect to see our numbered episodes every other week. Uh, We'll also be taking the rest of July off and returning on August 9th uh, with some fresh new episodes. We are planning to keep doing bonus banters, though, and we'll be releasing them in our off weeks so long as we're able to record them on time. Because recording bonus banters a month or more ahead just kind of defeats the purpose of it. And on that note, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please send them into the bonus banner form uh, linked in the episode description so we can answer them in the upcoming bonus banter number six. We're planning to record that this Saturday, so please get them in soon and we'll answer as many as we can possibly do uh, and release that before we go on break. Thank you for listening to our silly little show. I hope you can understand why we needed to make this change. Uh, And with that out of the way, please enjoy Season 3, Episode 55, To Kill a Mocking Sphinx. Two years. Two years. If I'm looking at our scheduling calendar right, this episode is scheduled to come out on July 12th, 2023. And that should be the same week that we'll be celebrating two years of this podcast being live and we will be lamenting two years of wasting our goddamn time (laughs) hey it's been a fun ride years Years. when this adventure could have been done in half a year (laughs) (laughs) it feels weird man it feels weird because like this season has gone on for a while a year yeah. It's yeah. basically the whole last year was the whole last, this whole season. I, I'm going to be real with you guys because it's been a year. We're about, we're over halfway through book two. We could easily go through another year of Pathfinder 2E. Oh. And that's, it's kind of a identity crisis for me as running the show because I wanted this to be about trying new games. And it has been. And we've been very indulgent on Pathfinder 2E because it's been a big game. Like it. And we, we really like it. We like the others too. But man, I just, it feels like we've accidentally become a Pathfinder 2E show. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. I wonder, (laughs) I can't help but wonder what it's going to look like a year from now. Um, It's probably the end of book three. Yeah. You know what they say, though? Uh, You, you, uh, it takes three years of doing anything to figure out what you're doing. So I I wonder if we get there at that point, because I thought we kind of landed at 90% of what we're doing a year ago. And then we've gone on another year and I've learned a lot more. So maybe that is true. But uh, yeah, two years. Jeez. Uh, I wanted to ask everyone at the table here. Yeah. How has a couple things? How has running the podcast for two years just kind of changed your life? Obviously, it's not like it's been a, a life changing major event like, you know, getting married, having a child, buying your first house, like, right. But like, it still has changed the way our lives operate. And I wanted to get y'all's reactions to that. 
I think we've learned a lot about TCRPGs because before we started doing this, our whole experience was Pathfinder First Edition and then D and D Five E a smidge. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's neat. We've learned little tricks from other games. You know how to. It's, what's it? What's the primary example you always give people who get caught up on the rules? Don't ask for a perception check if you want them to see what you want to give them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like little, you know. We've learned things from other RPGs that can apply to like things like 2E or even 1E when we get back to that. It's been really neat to experience other systems and learn from them. Yeah, for sure. It's It's been really neat to like go from collecting books because of the vibes and the cool looks and to, the ideas. Mm-hmm. To actually being able to use them. Yeah. And now more whenever I see people share about TTRPGs, it's more than... I, I feel like I care about more than just the looks of it. It's more like... I've gone from being into fantasy RPG adjacent to D&D hobby to being into the TTRPG hobby where I actually want to read the books, get into how like the mechanics work because like we've always liked the game part of it, right? But like now we can like look at different ways the game works and what type of game mechanics work better for what type of role-playing experiences. I feel like I've grown as a player of TTRPGs in general, from someone who was not very comfortable with the role play aspects or the trying to improv aspects to getting to where I feel like I'm a lot better at it these days. Yeah. I think, I think it's been good for all of us in that regard because we play at a higher level of intensity for the podcast and we're f- constantly, I mean, aside from playing 2E for over a year, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're forcing ourselves into new situations a lot and Doing that, I think, adds the ability to improv because you know you're just going to have to figure things out. You can't be resting on your laurels of playing a system you've been in for three, five years or whatever. So that's been really nice. What was the question? How has this changed your life in the past two years? I've gotten so much less sleep. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like it today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, same. Boy. Mm -hmm. I've gone from uh, having a career and some hobbies to having a career and the capital T, the hobby. (laughs) I look forward to Saturdays off. A job and a podcast. Yeah. People ask me what I do and I'm like, well, how do you measure it, right? (laughs) Because I work full time, but then like I also work a second part-time job that is some weeks a second full-time job. For free. For free. Two years now, I've had a hobby I just about have to hide. You're an yeah. unpaid intern on your own podcast. That's that's what it is, yeah. Oh, oh, man. You know, it's funny. Maybe I'll take this chance to talk about... I've had some people ask us about, like, making money on the show. Like, oh, are you guys... Why don't... Do you guys have a Patreon? Or when will you open a Patreon? Or when will you do a coffee? Or do you do ads? And I'm just like, I look at them all so confused. Speaking of ads, this episode brought to you by Rage. (laughs) (laughs) Stop that. It's just so confusing. It's just like, I don't want to open up the, I think maybe I should just answer this right now once and for all. I don't want to take people's money if I don't have something to give them. Like half of this project is for us and for me. So, like, I'm thrilled that we have an audience. I love hanging out and interacting with them and doing stuff with them. But, like, if we got, like, a massive audience tomorrow, uh, today, tomorrow, which is, like, May, and this episode's coming out in two months. Like, if we got this huge audience just tomorrow and, like, had uh, so many listeners and we could make thousands of dollars a month on Patreon or blah, 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 I wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> you know, it's just like, why would I take your money? I can't make you more content right now. So it's just, I, that's my opinion of it. I, I'd love to do more, but we just can't. I'm not going to take people's money unless I can. This podcast was never about becoming successful yeah. or making money. It was it's only like, about being more successful than somebody else. That's right. Yeah. And there were two <laughs> other practical goals, but more so than just be, because that, oh, that was a big part of it. But it was, it was an excuse to play games that we haven't played before. And then to be able to listen back to and our to be able to, Yeah, mm-hmm. listen back. Because I can't tell you how many times we wish we could listen back to something that we played four years ago and just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like, I've had this conversation with Micah because I think a friend of his was asking if we had a Patreon. I was like, Micah, if I had like money coming in, I wouldn't buy a studio. I wouldn't do all the like, 
I would buy chairs. Yeah. And a table. Oh, yes. <laughs> Comfy chairs. And like maybe headphones that fit everyone comfortably because I like oh. these, but not everyone else likes our monitoring headphones. They're good, They're but like right. yeah. you can't wear them for too long because like that's the things we can fix. Like, yeah, we could get expensive microphones, but we record in my living room. And so when I yell, there's going to be reverb no matter what I yeah. do. Yeah. But it's part of the atmosphere for us. Yeah. Yeah, we have good know. sound quality. I think maybe that's one thing that distinguishes us from a lot of other newer podcasts I've encountered is we have very little ambition except for the quality of our content. We really care about that, but I don't really want to be a critical role. Listen, I just want to make Mario and 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 Bridgebert P and Bridgebert Bridge, Bridge yeah laugh. That's all I want. I know I exactly. Mean, literally, two of us don't even exactly share who we actually are like we couldn't yeah i mean i stream as this persona so that's fair i feel like my goals here um yeah it's like what you said i want to i want the scrapbook i want to learn new game stuff and then like yeah for the audience like i want to see jr lonegan's comment at like one in the morning yeah. whenever right. the video goes live yep. and being excited that about old slide guitar whatever we've done and then everyone else interacting and then having a question like that's my favorite stuff i don't need it to be enormous i feel like we would lose some of that if it got too oh, we would too huge you know so like i'm totally fine <laughs> I feel I look at like the big shows and I'm like, man, I would be so stressed out. They wish they could be us. Also, <laughs> listen, you guys don't want to give us your money. We're goblins. We're little gremlins. We'll go spend it on chairs. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, chairs and like maybe let Kat and Jacob not use scrap computers. I had to dig out of a closet. Oh, <laughs> scrap computer. Yes, but your scrap computer is better than every my device beloved. I have other than my desktop. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, computer. Listen, I finally got a machine that can run Foundry. Oh, man, Moving poor, on up. Poor Jacob was stuck on like a laptop I got in 2015 and just like the keyboard didn't work. So it's got all this external stuff. The one stick of RAM had gone bad. Oh, man. It worked, but like it barely. Chugged. It took Chester like a minute to move a square. <laughs> yeah, I forget what episode it is, but you all uh, in the first chunk of this season, you'll every now and then hear Jacob move Chester one, two. We cut it out sometimes, yeah. but it was just so bad. Other uh, times it was too funny uh, to listen to him suffer. Now he's got a computer I built out of spare parts that's now a lot better. It's so much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could have multiple tabs open. Yeah. I think, though, if I'm going back to the original question of, like, how things change, like obviously, we talk about changed my life, work for Oil Impact. Like, I basically work full-time and then work on the podcast and don't have time for anything else. Um, but, like, I thought after one year, when, when we hit a year of making the podcast, I knew that we had come a long way. Our editing, we had found our editing style. We had found our podcast voices, right? We had come a long way with those things. And we kind of knew the kind of show we wanted to be. And I thought like, okay, well, everything else is just going to be refinement on top of that. And that's not been the case over the past year. Because last year, I think I still entertained the ideas of like, well, this is what we'll do if we ever grow and blah, blah, blah. And like looking at other podcasts, for examples. But now I have firmly in the camp of this is a fun thing. And if it gets too hectic, then that would be kind of not fun. Not, not fun. fun. Like, I don't mind if we ever got a big audience. Right. But like, I don't need it. And I would be fine doing this as is. And like chasing growth, uh, I feel like you run the risk of uh, your ambition being bigger than what you can do. And I'm fine with what we can do. And I'd like to do more. But like, I'm not going to ruin what i have to get there if if i all we could ever do is one show with occasional little onesie twosie off things and the one show is good i'm okay with that. that's right mm, because yep. this game has or this show has replaced our home game so and that's like what i've always loved and yeah it's morphed it and we don't play the same but it's still got the same energy and i feel like we still get a lot of the same things from it so there you go the one thing i will lament is the utter destruction it's caused on our one -E home games. Yeah. <laughs> I want them back, but oh, there's nothing I can winter. do. I'm See, convinced. you guys are the ones Rise who are... I enjoyed Reign of Winter, but going back to 1E, mechanics are going to bite me. I probably do some uh, unchained rules to help alleviate. Actually, I didn't tell you this, Kat. I made Eleanor and 1E because I wanted to compare the... Mm -hmm. 
numerical differences. Oh, how did it go? Oof. It was interesting. I, I wasn't as bad as I originally told you, Drow, when I was knowing it. Oh, okay, good. I think it was at level six and two E. Eleanor had like plus 15 to hit and mm -hmm. one E. Eleanor had plus 14. But I was telling Jacob the main thing that sucked because like you expect to spend money on your magic items and like your magic yeah. um, mm -hmm. weapon and armor. They're the biggest downfall for one E. I but think. like yeah. in one E, I ha you had like you had to have like four magic items like ring of res uh, cloak of resistance. Cloak of resistance. Like what uh, of some kind armor. of amulet of or armor. Amulet, there we go. Yeah. Uh, bracers of armor if you didn't have armor that you wore. You had like four uh, magic items that are like the required ones. Ring mm -hmm. of protection. And those protection. suck. I feel like all the money you get in 2E, you can actually do fun things with. Like, obviously, the thing you, is expect, you get a lot less money too. Yeah. But like, you expect to like put runes on your armor and your sword, and that's fun. But then, like, having to keep up with all the fiddly items is such a chore. The items that make it so you can actually pass saves and the like. Yeah. Belt of incredible dexterity. Oh, yeah. The belts and, I, the, and the tiaras. Yeah. Headbands. I love the boosts in 2D. No, for Eleanor, it would be a tiara. Let's oh, be real. Course. That's true. Uh, but boy, we, we've circling back into a rules discussion. Uh, before well, we. that's what we do. <laughs> before we get into actual episode content, because it's two years, why don't we discuss some of now that we have another year of content behind us our favorite moments of the show still but maybe more so focused in the past year of Oof. season three okay favorite and not favorite i lost my first actual deaf character yeah you did oh yeah uh -huh. A memorable moment. Mm -hmm. Core memory unlocked. Who? <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> he's still was, he's still on our treasure sheet. Like this <laughs> podcast literally recorded me experiencing my first actual character death where there wasn't a chance to get them back and it wasn't con sort of contrived like like yeah. um, Owen's first death where he became a vampire. Right. Like I lost a character that had never happened to me before. You lost it and there's nothing you and can do. And we created a mm -hmm. whole awesome eulogy episode that is just choice. Yeah. Honestly, the the stuff we did around Alonzo's death is one of my favorite things we've ever been able to do. It was a ton of work for everyone uh, involved, but like, boy, it landed so hard, you know, like everyone stepped up the game, made a character overnight, basically. Uh, we yeah. worked in a new backstory Everyone performed really well at the table and was prepared for it. Uh, and, and then Drow was helping me produce that episode. It was, it's honestly some of the best content we've ever made. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Jacob, you got anything past year? Oh, I just, I, I can't think of a lot of specific moments because I haven't re-listened to any of our stuff from this year yet. Uh, I, I'm in the habit of listening to past seasons, and I forgot that a season of this would actually just be the beginning of you know this adventure. We basically have two seasons right now. Of mm -hmm. Technically, we're in the second uh, book. But instead, I've been listening to The Witcher. I can't talk about that. That's from more than a year ago. <laughs> um, just I just remember a lot of laughter. That makes me happy. A lot of jokes. Every time I crack a joke, that's a joke coming back. I see that pain on your face because it's something so stupid. Like mm. Chester, sending people to Chester's mom's farm. Oh, I feel like oh. you do it not so much because it's in the NPC's interest, but because you see an opportunity to make me whinge. Yes. <laughs> I will send everybody to Chester's mom's farm if it kills me. We have the war of you sending people to your mom's farm and me calling something Williams. <laughs> it's just the whinge farm. Fight. That's right. Williams. <laughs> sending oh, a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of Chester's new wives to the farm. <laughs> Mom, I don't know how it happened. But, uh, oh, just the airship has been so much fun. The airship stuff. That's, that's still happening. As we're like, we are right now, what, two months past what people are hearing? Yeah. Uh, so to me, that is the past. Uh, but they're getting it right now. And I just, I love the, the whole airship starting from recruiting people to ride the airship to to now i've mm -hmm. just been having a blast the airship has been um, so much fun airship was great you know what's funny this is mini catching up almost that uh one of the things don't look at this up audience yet but people have reviewed the 2e <laughs> or the there's reviews on paizo's website for every book and people like book two the least I don't understand uh, it. And part of it, it the men of the main complaints is the airship. Now don't read the reviews because they spoil other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but like, uh, yeah, they don't like it because they feel like it's just sit around and wait for the next thing to happen. <sighs> and I think the thing is, uh, and then they dumb. also don't like the whole, you have to convince Farrah to take you, but you also have to pay, but you also have to get passengers. I love that. We bits. had so much fun. 
fun with it though. We, because the way wit the hell out. I think they don't run it like I did. I think they run it where you have to like go into this crowd and find people. Uh-huh. And I think that's the wrong way to handle it. And it's really easy to switch it over. Um, okay. Don't bitch at Paizo because your DM sucks. <laughs> well, that's that's a that's be a thing. jealous because we got a good one. That's a thing where I feel like the book didn't tell you explicitly how to handle that, but it implied it to me the way I ran it. So it could have been more specific about setting up that kind of scenario. Yeah. But the, with the airship ride, I feel that is on a GM and it's it's kind of not super their fault. It's just hard because what it gives you for the airship is this huge stat block for it and all the like rooms on it. It gives you every single room before you even get to the stuff that happens on it. It gives you all the NPCs and the crew. And then like after that, it immediately tells you about all the passengers. So to me as a GM, what that reads as is this airship is a small town and you need to know all these NPCs, right? And you need to know all your passengers and all the things that are going to happen and make it come alive. Yeah. And like, that's hard, but like, it's also the, the adventure path gives you everything you need for it and implied it enough to me that like you need to do like if you're giving me all this information that's not directly related to the coming combats that tells me this is the like Why are toolbox you, doing you that need during combat. I, I know, but like if it's like all the Please information, <laughs> but oh. like all the information about like the goblins and everything else doesn't like set up a combat or some sort of event, right? It's just flavor. Yeah. But having a ton of flavor there for you to pull from it tells you you need to pull from this. Oh, there we go. One moment specifically that I liked. The the Longhorn Lounge. Oh my Sneaking god. Sneaking in, uh making a scene at a table. Uh, all that little Get nonsense. Coming up with our fancy people outfits. That's yeah. where that's where the Williams thing came from. I think yeah. Because you were trying to figure out what to do when you came back there. <laughs> no, you just said you you were trying to think of what to do whenever you were like researching. You just said, <laughs> yeah. hmm, and you stuck your finger up and looked up into the sky. Chester. <laughs> He's going to get a steak. <laughs> and then we bastardized that to. <gasps> yep. Yep. Uh, Drow, you got anything you loved? Ending the episode. <laughs> Every time I can stop playing this game. <laughs> Thank God. Uh-huh. Um, I hate to eat. I, ah. I, I love this game. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I liked that weird eye of Ender guy who just went. Shoma. Ah. And that then we great. killed him. Yes. Killed oh, that him. was so great. That's the one you, I think that was your first kill with Kamehameha, right? <gasps> yes. Maybe. It might have been. Was that, no, was that before was your or first after Glass? Use. No, you hit Glass with it, but you didn't kill him. Oh, it him. was after Glass. Yeah. But you killed this guy with it, like. I think he got evaporated. Straight out. Because you blasted him and he was like on the edge of Hellside and you just like, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. I thought you were going to say getting married to Chester. That hasn't happened yet. So you're saying it, there's a chance. Or it has. Who knows? <laughs> Chester doesn't know anymore. Does Jacob? No. <laughs> uh, what about? Oh, I when you exploded into plants, that was great. That sucked. <laughs> oh, my favorite part was whenever Alonzo died. That's There we go. Yep. That's about what I expected. <laughs> no comment. All the cat nonsense. Yeah, I feel like you've upped the cat nonsense for Psyche here quite a bit. Certainly has upped it. Ever since the whip, for sure. Yeah. It was the snake. And the and the, the cat. When we met the cat. Oh, the, the big lizard at Glass's place. The big snake. Yeah. Yeah. Bitey. Yeah, yeah bitey. We also, also met a cat, and and Psyche here was like, no, 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 I'm the cat. That's I'm right. the kitty. <laughs> you have to love me instead. Oh, sweet pup. And also oh, sweet, sweet pup. pup. Oh, sweet pup. I miss sweet pup. Can we Masu. can we find sweet pup when this, we get back? The sweet pup could have just mm-hmm. Masu the cat, right? Masu the Masu cat. Masu the cat. Mm-hmm. I'm a pet that cat. I'm a pet that cat. Man, I think some of my favorites as the GM, obviously Alonzo's death, my beloved, because that oh. was such a labor of love. Yeah, um, it was. I loved, I was so stoked about the airship ride because that's so much fun. But there's also just a lot of dumb things that have just sent me so hard. The mouse trap incident the first time. <laughs> mm. Oh, oh, I got one. Editing that was so funny. Oh, and we met I. Oh my god. And you were like, I, but oh, wait, we can't but Oh wait, by the time this comes out, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love And squid. and and this has become a new oh. thing for me and Jacob. We're walking through a store and I'll find an item and I'll just say it in my best I voice, and then one of us but. will go, but Towel. <laughs> but. Towel. <laughs> 
Hands. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. And. Hungry. Yes, bird. hungry is even worse. What? Bird. Bird. Mousetrap. Mousetrap. I got to say, though, uh, transitioning us here, I, I'm, I'm pretty much just as excited to run Cradle of Court stuff as I was to run Airship stuff. So hopefully it'll also be a, a banger. Oh, boy. That I love if, this uh, first part. You could deal with this uh-huh. clockwork sphinx. <laughs> Centuries before the Star Stone was raised, the Wizard Kings, Nex, and Geb warred with one another, scarring the land between them into a devastated, unstable magic wasteland. From the glowing ashes of the mana wastes arose Alkenstar, the city of smog, a metropolis of airships, skyscrapers, factories, and clockwork wonders. To the world, Alkenstar is the pinnacle of innovation and determination in the face of insurmountable odds. On its streets, life in Alkenstar is a nonstop race to stay ahead of the competition. And it is here that a desperate group, hungry for revenge, living on the edge of the law, hunts for the ones who cast them out. They are the outlaws of Alkenstar. Speaking of time, it's been so long, like a year reading this prompt, I can kind of just tune out and wake up when I'm done reading it, and I just kind of hope that I said everything correctly. Yeah. You did. That happens a lot. <laughs> uh, all right, so... We last left you guys. You had finally arrived at the Cradle of Quartz. Uh, you fought off a bunch of penis birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cockatrices. Uh, just like season two. What? We yeah. got the really easy combat right before we're going to k- lose our characters in the TPK. Yeah, we almost lost uh, Moist Critical to that combat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, you had a, a, a tough fight, uh, or at least Asuvu had a tough fight. Uh, you rested, you healed up, uh, and you came back in the morning. Uh, to these massive bronze doors at the Cradle of Quartz. Uh, and then you uh, you opened up the way inside again. Uh, why don't I read some flavor text for that? Yeah, I, I liked the way you did it when you introduced it. You opened the room, you read the flavor text, and then you plopped that thing down. That's how it goes. This hexagonal chamber evokes the shape of a crystal with perfectly flat walls rising 20 feet high, angling inward toward the chamber's center and meeting at the central point 40 feet above the floor. The walls are inset with flat crystal faces and decorative patterns that mimic a humanoid form composed of gears and wheels. Two sets of corridors head further into the complex on either side of the bronze doorway, uh, each partially obscured by tattered scraps of rotten curtains. To the east, an angular dais (laughs) with three stone steps uh, carved from translucent stone. And of course, in the center of all this uh, is a large, and I do mean that in the mechanical sense, and oh. it is mechanical. And it is very mechanical. And a large... Is sense. What? what? Clockwork Sphinx. Uh, again, I will show you the art. It looks like... Oh, yes. This. That is dope. In fact, I'm going to show you a secondary piece of art here in our <gasps> Discord. Um, this isn't of this particular like encounter, but it is just art in the book of a clockwork sphinx, which I think is super duper cool. Wait, so you mean there are generic clockwork sphinxes? There's a stat block for them in the book. Oh. Yeah, it comes from this book, actually. Because hmm. I figured that this would be the generic clock. This is a special clockwork sphinx. Oh, yeah. no. Um, it's ah, unique. It's, check is going to be so hard. <laughs> this is the artwork Show the art. in the book of uh, the iconic champion and cleric seeing oh, a clockwork sphinx. Yeah. I've that's from that book? From your book? Yeah. Iconic cleric. Like... That's not your wife. <laughs> Get your fucking hand off her. <laughs> so I feel like I've seen this before. It looks so cool. That one looks so much cooler than the other oh, you one. Did? Okay. Yeah. This one looks awesome. I imagine that's probably more what it looks like than the actual like game token art. Um, this one looks like Batman. It's super cool. You can actually imagine this thing like, flying across the desert. Like a clock the, the sky. The a picture the on sky. Foundry looks like it's wearing some kind of weird Batman mask. Uh, it looks like a duck almost. It looks more like a griffin. Yes. yes. There's less and there's less human to it. It's mostly animal. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, you open the door. <laughs> Remember, those doors are huge with like these bronze gears that spin. Like you spin the handle and it like turns these mechanisms. Like <laughs> Hella steampunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it opens up the doors, and you see this thing, and it goes Hi. and looks at you. What do you guys do? I already said it. Hello? Yeah. 
A polite greeting. Hopefully always, not roll initiative. Always introduce yourself with a polite greeting, right? Meow. Yes, speak its language. Yeah. Hi. It's like uh, ocular sensors or whatever goes and it's like watching you. Have you walked in yet? No. Are you going to attack us if we come in? It does nothing but just stare at you. I'm going to go in. Ch- ooh, ooh, this is ooh. this is Psykir speaking to them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chester repeats the phrase in four or five different languages uh, before Psykir steps in. Does it react to any of them? What languages? Draconic, Dwarven, Goblin, Halfling, and Vudrani. I, mean, I will repeat it in Elvish as well. Uh, make a uh, recall knowledge check using crafting or clockwork lore. Oh! <laughs> I didn't know clockwork lore was a lore. You can have anything lore. 30. Uh, right, so you, Not I'm going to give role. you that, that you can identify this and learn something about it. But the one thing I'll give you for free from that check role. is it Fuck has you. no languages. Uh, How? Chester will put his arm back down it so Psycheric can zero one zero zero one one zero zero. That's it, binary. It I'm has the mindless trait. Oh, oh so we are going to fight this. We're going to have gonna to fight, fight this. this. Does, uh, does Chester tell us that so I can go ahead and draw my rapier? Oh, yeah, Chester will be like, this thing don't speak, y'all. It's stupid. Can I just stick an arm in? You do that and it does like, raises its wings. I'm going to draw my arm out. They go back I'm down. I'm going to stick my arm back in. I'm going to start doing it really fast. It starts flying. Ah! <laughs> it will, makes like clockwork noises from uh, Sly Cooper. Chester uh. will do it as well. Okay, so it's not that he don't like cats. Uh, it's a bird. Stick my hand back in. Are you just hearing me make noises? Is that yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay. yeah, we're enjoying this. <laughs> um, what okay. happens if I put two in? <laughs> It takes a step towards you. I take oh, both of my rude. hands out. So uh, with that knowledge check, do I happen to find out any weaknesses it might have? <laughs> well, you know that it's a clockwork, it has the clockwork construct and mindless traits. Uh, you know, if you want to know weaknesses and immunities, that it is immune to bleed, death effects, disease, doom, drain, fatigued, healing, mental, necromancy, non-lethal attacks, paralyzed, poison, sickened, and unconscious. But Notice, not precision. Mm. Not precision. Uh, you would also know that it is weak to electricity 10 and orichalcum 10. Oh. Like all clockwork huh. things. You guys got alchalcum? And it is resistant, unfortunately, to physical attacks. Great. Except adamantine or orichalcum. We don't have any adamantine. Can you make my sword adamantine with your alchemy? I have things I can put on weapons to make them silver or to make them cold iron adjacent. I don't know if there's something like that for Adam. It's all right. I had a feeling it was going to be physical Adam, damage resistant. Adamantine chunk, ingot. That's shield, what I do. Buckler. I don't know. Could mm. I make your weapon electric? I doubt it. It's electric. Boogie, 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 boogie. Let's take a look at magic weapon. Magic weapon. I'm assuming that we can actually do this because if we don't step inside, it's not done anything unless we go inside. Seems like it. Okay. It doesn't seem to mind as long as you're outside the doors. So, magic weapon doesn't let you do other fancy things. Yeah, I don't think there's an adamantine rub on doohickey-majon. Or the aura, whatever it is. Sword on. Apply directly to the sword. Um, so Chester will instead... (laughs) I giggle. It sounds like a Pokemon, sword on. Uh, Chester will instead hand Eleanor... Just a chunk of orc. Was that your teeth? Yeah. I hated that. He does that and it drives me insane. Uh, Stop. Please, it's causing me physical pain. Rattle me bones. <laughs> it is rattling rattle rattle my bones. bones. Chester will hand Eleanor three bottles of bottled lightning moderate. It's I found out three what it was. Mountain Dew voltages. That's right. Uh, he'll be like, there. it's weak to electricity. And what is its resistance to physical weapons? Ten. Shit. Good heavens, really? Uh, you, I might as well not even try to go physical. I mean, you end up doing a lot of damage, but that would really cut it in half, if not more. So use these, causes lightning. And then, can you apply your stuff to thrown weapons? I could throw my hatchet, but I, can't, no, I have to get 10 can you, feet. Because these are thrown weapons. Can they have you, to be agile weapons. 
the bomb agile? I mean, I can use it if I throw my hatchet, but it doesn't ah, do as much damage yeah, as the okay. rapier. I see. Because it's a thrown agile weapon. And just so you know, that bomb, the bombs I gave you, will not be useful uh, after today. So, so just use, use them. them. Or lose them. Yeah, use them or lose them. And which do. is the entire point of this fight. I just don't think I have anything else that could help you, unfortunately. I, I Are you guys just camped outside of this door digging through your bags? Yeah. Yes. Like, like, if it's not attacking us. sticking my hand in every so often. Freep, 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 freep with the wings. Uh, Chester will also hand you an acid flask moderate. Vesuvu jumps um, up and says, jumps up, let's do this. No, wait, hold on. Wait, because she also, dang she it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's not suicidal. Vesuvu, will you? Vesuvu. Chester. You want some bombs as well? I'm good. I got Are you sure? Uh. <laughs> it's, it, it's resistant 10, even Usuvu, unless don't, they crit. Don't gimp yourself to make a combat easier on you, Derek. I'm good. You sure? Yeah. I mean, the thing okay. is, I'm going to be tempted Usuvu to fight with 2D4 Usuvu. 2d4 plus 6 plus 2d6. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I might even try a hit or two. Uh, yep. Get in, get out, then start throwing lightning. All right, uh, Chester will drink a Drakenheart mutagen. This is the most you've been able to buff for a fight. Ever. I know. This is like <laughs> wonderful. Um, Sack here, you need anything? Meow. Meow. What the, do you need uh, the, the Dragon Heart Mutagen? Does that do you any good? This would give you a plus five item bonus to AC with a dex cap of two and increase your perception by two. It might overall work better than your current stuff. Okay. It, sure. Uh, if you want to put it on and see if it would actually help you, go ahead and do it. Um, but it does oh, give you a minus one to will save, reflex saves, and all skill checks to recall knowledge. I don't know if I want to do that. Understandable. How do you program these things? I have a question. Is it just by voice of the person who programs them? Uh, it's at, usually at wine time. Oh, never mind. Do I know what Kasawana looked like? I was about to say the head of disguise. I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've seen him. No, we haven't. Unfortunately. Man, I went to the same church as this guy. Yeah, but he's been gone for years. It's not that big of a church. The big church. It's a mega church. You saying you had coffee and donuts with him after 9 a.m. service? It's like you probably sold their Girl Scout cookies to him. (laughs) More like gears and cogs and oil. I'm going to say you Uh, probably don't. Because... Because Psykir eats metal. I'm just That's joking. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen their lower jaw? That's it's just not... braces. Be nice. <laughs> That's the most, like, obtrusive, just in everyone's face braces I've ever seen. I don't want to think about what teeth problems they have to fix for Psykir then. <laughs> so sonic damage doesn't deal any extra damage? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Useless scroll. As much as I would love to sit here and look at spells, spell level one, uh, we should probably just go Let's ahead and just get into this. this. So how do you want to do this? Should we run in and split to the sides, let our melee people or melee people go in first and split I to the sides? Melee. I have a question. Well, but you're not going to do a lot of melee in this fight. If you see, we can we just throw the thing that distance and I- not go in? Could we try that, or would that require a rolling of initiative? That would require some rolling of initiative. That's what I imagine. Aww, okay. yeah. yeah. Why don't we just do some rolling initiative? Let's what if we lord it out and then we shut the door? How about we roll perception for initiative and see what happens? I'm actually going to roll because I don't intend to start with melee, so. All right. It can't. Dang it! Got a 33. How dare you? Oh, what'd you get, Jacob? 31. Ha ha! Cold dog. Jeez, dang it. Metal cat. Darn flutin'. But it shouldn't do anything because we haven't come in yet, so let it go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knock, knock. Uh, all right, Eleanor, what'd you get for your initiative 18. roll? 18. <laughs> knock on metal, knocks on Psykir's arm. Psykir, <laughs> uh, initiative. 23. 23. All right, so top of the round. <laughs> Guess who beat you all? Usuvu. Usuvu. Yeah. Go, well, most critical. This is going to be great. Jumps Ooh, up. Yeah, baby. Ooh, yeah, baby. Thing is, though, y'all know if she runs in, yeah, Eleanor like, probably will, too. 
Yeah. Let's do this. Susuvu Williams. She's taking after you guys now. She's going to use her Into the Fray uh-huh. ability to interact and draw a one-handed ranged weapon. It doesn't really matter. She has her stuff out. She saw this thing. Uh, move in. One action. One action. Trick attack. Strike with the light pick. Here we go. Plus 17 to hit. That's going to be... Oh, it's a hit with a 28. Ah. Oh. Ooh. Sexy. Okay. All right. You know what? 19 points of damage that will get shaved down because of its resistance to physical stuff. Nine damage. Nine. Jesus. All right. Cool. That's going to be Asuvu's turn. Uh, It is now going to be the Clockwork Sphinx's turn. Asuvu runs in with Reckless Abandon. Yeah, I'm about to say she's dead. She's dead. Uh, And it goes, and then smacks. Uh, it's gonna use... Wait, before you do this, could Asuvu have used a Drakenheart mutagen to increase their AC? No, Asuvu's AC is pretty... Asuvu has plus four, but light armor. The thing would give her plus five with a dex cap of two. I bet the dex cap would hurt her. The thing is, she's also NPC, so her armor stuff is All weird. Right. All so right. I'm just gonna say... All right, just, just I was just worry gonna about throw it. it out there. Uh, keep your mutagen. It's going to attack. I may have done the wrong thing for a Suvu, but here we yeah, go. Yeah, oh, oh, really? Really, Derek? I may have made a mistake. <laughs> you He's tired of playing against himself. He gave you Suvu a death like wish. Uh, anyway, here comes the first strike with the claw. We should have let Psyche hear the life whatever before we did this. Oh, okay. Not too bad. Natural 7 for a 27. Great. It's a plus 20. Great. You know, Derek, I think that... <laughs> I think Usuvu is smart enough to not do that, maybe. Too late. Did Usuvu pull a Yura and yeah. go after yeah. something way no, too big for... I think her. that Derek is tired of playing against yes. himself. Well, I mean, it's, no, it Derek's is, tired and for, didn't think about the consequences. It's also the problem is she's a melee person. All of her stuff only works if she's in melee. Yeah. So. Yeah, mine too. So, like, if you're going to hurt it, then... Well, you got bombs. Yeah. Um, well, that's the first strike. Second attack. Uh, miss. This thing has a 14% chance to hit Chester. No, to yeah, to hit Chester. And a then four. last attack. I was a miss with an 18 no, total. Last attack's going to be a hit with a total of 26. A 70% chance. Uh, is going to take Jeez. another... 24 points of damage. Jeez. Yeah, how hurts her Susuvu? Uh, Can I do splash damage recklessly? Oh, okay, that's not that You bad. need to yeah. pull Susuvu out. Oh, what about the third attack? That was the third attack. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. They missed one. Yeah. The Sphinx missed. Yeah, less than half, but she still could take a, a hit handily. Um, I didn't think, and I thought other things would happen first, uh, but that's okay. Oops. Uh, I for, honestly, what I forgot is Usuvu has very bad AC. Uh-huh. So, oh well. That's Clockwork Sphinx's turn. Uh, it's cl- it's Clockwork Williams, Chester Williams. Sorry, I was startled by a cat who appeared. Psykir? Uh, no, this one has sharper claws. Psykir? No. Hmm. Uh, devise a stratagem and recall knowledge just in case. That was a 14 plus... 18 for a 32 crafting check to learn something new. Nothing new, really. Okay. And then it was a 10 on the die. What a 25 hit? I actually doubt it because this thing is such a higher level than us. 25? Yeah. Well, I haven't swung yet or actually be 26. Could risk it, but if I risk it for the biscuit, I'm going to throw a moderate bottle lightning at it for a total of 26. Barely hits. <gasps> really? Barely. Ooh. So that's going to be 2d6 plus 2d6 plus some other stuff. It's 11 plus 2 is 13 plus 2 splash is 15. 15. Um, electricity. Electricity. Uh, so it's weak to that. So it'd be 25. Yep. It is also flat footed. So let me mark down my moderate bottled lightning. And then I don't think I have anything that can debuff this thing. Unfortunately, mindlessness is you my weakness. You did debuff it, though. You made it flat-footed. Well, even more so. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a third action 
to throw another bottled lightning moderate at it. Okay, its AC is lowered. All right, and mine is, my to hit is very much lowered. So let's see if I can do this. Will not be substituting attack roll. This is going to be a plus 10. All right, probably get pretty decent. What'd you get? I got a 20. Natural 20? Natural 20. Okay, also I need to, how much does Splash did a super take from that first oh, bomb? two. Two, okay. Unfortunately, I don't have my Devisor Stratagem stuff on this. So it's just going to be base damage doubled? Base damage Is doubled. Is weakness Aww. damage doubled on a crit? I don't think so, but if you want to, you can look, look that up. up. I highly doubt it, but you never know. That's a good roll, though. Uh, weakness is not doubled when calculating critical hits. Did not think so. That is 10 plus 2 plus 2 is 14. So that's 28 electric damage, which becomes 38. 38. Okay. Um, and now it's double flat-footed. Hey, I like those odds. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Psykeer's turn, I bet. It just goes prone. Uh, okay, so, wow, that was actually... Chester, you took it from almost full to below half. Really? Yeah. I love weakness. Uh... This is a. Remember when I was talking about how when you fought the clockwork thing in Shoma's lair? Yeah. You never used the weakness. You used all, focused all your attention on Shoma. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier. Uh, Stop reminding me that my boy didn't have to die. Uh, that that uh, is Chester's oh well. turn. All right. That's Chester's turn. It's still flat footed. Doubly so. Not really. Uh, Psych here, the observer, the Williams. What would you like to do? Oh, I'm going <laughs> to. Try oh, not to explode. Check. Yep. I rolled an 18, so we're good. Oh, yeah, and that'd Ooh, be a critical success, so you can pick, if you needed to, which spell you wanted to... Have oh. I spent a spell? No, you I've not spent a spell. Inopportune. Either way. I'm going to use painful vibrations on this thing. Painful vibrations. What mm -hmm. is the, like, range deal with that? A hundred feet. And it's just a single target? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and what do I roll for that? Uh, 25 fortitude save. Okay, I got really good fortitude, so let's see what we get. Yeah, so I succeed with a 31, um, but that's not going to be a critical success. So I'll take just half damage. Oh, oh, that's still some good damage. Ooh, 30 points of damage means I'm going to take 15. Good job. All right, so that's two actions for painful vibrations. You have one action left if you need it. I'm going to cast lifelink. Okay. And it heightens automatically, right? Duh. Yes. So I'm going to be taking it up to third so they get 3d4 hit points back. And Sweet. you can also okay. give it onto a second target if you want to. Yeah. Like I'm Eleanor. going to give it to Usuvu again. Yeah! You double, can, double, double the hell! So you can uh, click the... Uh, give it to me. Yeah, there you go, 3d4. get in there too. Oh yeah, Usuvu gets six hit point back. Hot dog. And now you'll take five off of any damage she takes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Hot a dog. So that's three actions that'll take your curse up to entry level, right? They'll activate your curse for the day. Ah. Because uh, it's a focus spell, right? We rested after the cockatrice fight. We did. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yes. Yeah, okay. I forget what the terms are. It's not uh, moderate. It's lesser. Do you put it on a second person? Yes. Are you begging? But it's a secret. But it's a secret. <laughs> you put it on your husband. <laughs> Chester. But it's a secret. We'll, fi we'll find out whatever your, damage happens to somebody. You put it on your husband, uh, the dead cockatrice corpse. I'm going to put it on the Sphinx. No, no. <laughs> Stop fighting. Can't you see you're tearing me apart? Uh, okay, that's Psykeer's turn. No, I'm going to put it on Eleanor. Okay, yeah. All right. Eleanor, your turn. You're lifelinked. Uh, what would you like to do? I should have just gone with after you. I rolled the poorest initiative. I'm going last no matter what. Um, can I throw my bottled lightning that I've got in my hand that Chester gave me with Psykeer in front of me, or do I need to move? You, you can, can do it. You can throw. It's also a large creature, so it really shouldn't get covered. It's from not it. going to get covered. Okay, no. well, I have my my um, my rapier in my other hand, and in my off hand, I'm chucking that my uh, bottled lightning moderate. I've never done this before, so I just roll. Yeah, uh, what's the bonus, your range? Plus 16, it says. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, your bonus should be your high bonus because it's dex. I have a hero point. I'm spending it. Okay. I don't want to... Th I don't metagame like Jacob, so... It's not metagaming. I learned the AC. That's part of the thing. Okay, I roll. I spent my hero uh -huh. point because I rolled a natural four. Yeah, That's a, that would probably be a good choice. Good call. I believe in you. 
And this time I rolled a natural seven, but this time it's a 23 to hit. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, oh. it's flat-footed, but it's AC is 24. Oh no. Eleanor. No, but you still get hit by the splash damage. I do, which so is two. Two. Which is electric. Which is electric and Oogie, activates Oogie, Oogie. My, uh, my weakness, so that'll be a total of 12 damage. Yep. And then, miss. realizing that throwing bottle lightning is weak, Eleanor's got her rapier in hand. She's oh. running in there. <laughs> As part of a move action, she uh, is going to roll to tumble through. Psyche, you take two points of damage from the splash. Ah. From uh, Usuvu. <laughs> Usuvu. Usuvu. Everything is awful. Zoom, zoom. But this time I rolled the poor roll on my acrobatics. That's So good. 19... Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Didn't think so. It was a natural one. Oh, yeah. Well, that would have failed anyway. So. Yeah. And now I'm going to try to attack with my rapier. Yeah! Okay. But I don't have panache, so I'm not going to make any damage. And it's minus four because agile, right? Yeah, because you attacked with the bomb. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So I use my second attack. Yes. yes. That is a f- 23, which I know misses. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. So close. Uh, okay, but you are also are flanking, flanking it with the Suvu, yes, so yeah. you guys will kind of keep it flat-footed once the effect wears off. Spe- that was my point. Speaking of a Suvu, it's her turn. Oh, this is my first time I get to use the John. Hey, I think. let me mock your guy for a little bit. Uh huh. In your token, it looks like he's just doing this. He's just it got does, his arms in the his air. Arms. I put my wings up in the air sometimes, Quack. saying squawk, squawk, squawk. Uh, okay. So Asuvu is going to... Oh, what is my John with this? You're going to uh, respond to internet drama. Yes, of course. So last time we looked at this stupid, dumb clockwork... Anyway, uh, it's a real big poopy head. A real bad, wet diaper. Anyway, uh, I'm going to spend one action to trick attack. And then I'm going to spend my second action... uh, (laughs) Yeah? I'm sorry, I'm remembering all the abilities I gave Asubu like an idiot. Uh, to do a uh, hand crossbow strike at my highest bonus, so that's going to be plus 16. Uh, I got a total of uh, 20 fucking 3, which misses. I but hate it's everything, Asubu too! Uh, but then I will spend my last action to do a reloading strike with my light pick. Oh, yeah, the light pick. Oh, uh, this is going to be minus uh, four. Oh. oh, I got a total of 28, which means I'm going to do a hit. Nice. She's a more effective melee character than me. Uh, it's just, it don't, don't compare yourself to NPCs. It's not fair. No, I mean, she's rolling better. Oh, that's fair. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well. Uh, so, but I did miss on the first one, so it's going to be a total of 20. I mean... You say she's more effective than you, hmm. but with her hit, she dealt less damage than you did with a miss. I'm joking that she can roll better. I'm making a joke about my poor rolls. All right, but she uh, did get a hit in, but the physical resistance thing is going to make it where she only deals five damage. Ouchie. Yeah. Um, but my gun is, or my, it's not my gun, my crossbow is now reloaded because of my cool reloading strike. That's a pretty cool action. Uh, okay, so it is now Clockwork Sphinx's turn. It is squawking in pain because of all the electricity that had just been dealt it. It's still flat-footed to uh, Eleanor and Suvu because it's between them. But, but I'm the last one who did real good damage to it with that bomb. bomb. Yeah, it's going to... I don't know. Really? It's a clockwork. It can't do that. Listen, you can have clockwork flatulence. You can have clockwork anything. It's a metallic This is a brave clang. new world. Uh, now we're making fart jokes. What has become of us today? We always We've always been Overt like this. fart jokes like this, though? At least our fart jokes are normally good. Usually it's just Jacob farts and that. sets us off. <laughs> Jacob sat down today at the table, and the first thing he did was fart. I'm like, man, it's good that it's the weekend. Um, <laughs> it's great to be back. Mm. It's great to be back. Uh, it could surrender. Yeah, I mean, it could, but it's not gonna. <laughs> not gonna. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to do a classic thing. roll a d4 and see who I attack. One that Eleanor, good. two Psykeer, three Chester, I four Suvu. I am so far away. You're as far away as Chester. You're only two squares away. And you did the away. vibrations. This thing clearly has reach. Unfortunately, my dice luck doesn't favor Eleanor either because I rolled a one and um, I'm going to step out of being flanked. Does that How not dare? provoke? It does provoke. And you do have your sword drawn. It left my my um my my thre- threatened space. Do you, well, so, here's the thing: Do you want to provoke or do you want to use nimble dodge? 
I kind of want to use nimble dodge, but I also can't. I don't have panache, so I can't do physical damage. Oh, that's right. I would have to roll max damage to do anything. Yeah, you might want to use. So the I'm nimble saving dodge. it for nimble dodge. Speaking of which, plus twenty on the first claw. Oh, nimble dodge. Hmm. Uh, that's a total of thirty, so not a My critical. My AC is twenty-seven right now, so not a critical. You're gonna take two d12 plus nine slashing for nineteen points of damage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I only have is one more. Is that nineteen? Was I the secret one you did the thing on? I what? said as much. Oh, that okay. it was you. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's said. fourteen. Fourteen. So uh, yeah, so psych here. You'll take another five. The second attack is gonna be plus fifteen. Here we go. Oh, 30 again. Not a critical. Not Mm. a critical. Um, Even without the nimble dodge. 19 again. 19 again. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah, so 14 more points of damage to Eleanor, 5 to Psykeer, and that is its turn. Just 14 total because it was more. It was 19 again. No, it only works once or... uh, No, it was 19. It it is 19, yeah, because Psykeer doesn't do it more than one hit, basically. Only one hit. Yeah. Okay. You get one. Um, Everybody gets one. Speaking How of dare it get out of being one. flat-footed? Everybody gets one <laughs> lightning bomb. Chester Williams, it's your turn. That's a long name. <laughs> uh, Chester's gonna do. If I, if I recall knowledge with a thirty-three, does that happen to be a critical on recall knowledge? No, you, you would need a natural 20. Oh, okay. But with a 33, I'll tell you that one has one more ability that I've neglected to let you know. Ooh. But you got sufficiently Suvu. more. Suvu. <laughs> it has an ability called self-destruct. Oh. Oh, no. And what is the radius for this ability? Uh, when the clockwork sphinx <laughs> is reduced to zero hit points, it collapses and emits a steady ticking sound. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. At the beginning of what would have been its next turn, the, the sphinx explodes into a 20-foot emanation of shrapnel... Uh, dealing 60-10 piercing damage Whoa! for a basic reflex save, blah, 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 blah. Um, an adjacent creature next to the thing can self- cancel the self-destruct sequence by succeeding at a thievery check to disable device. Mm. Uh, Chester shuts out, whenever this thing goes down, run, it'll blow up. <laughs> you just see it move, maybe in your recall knowledge check, you see one of the flaps lift up and it has like a TNT barrel from Sea of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or it's like in Phineas and Ferb and yeah. the button, ha- there's a self-destruct button. And then yeah. Chester will take a step. That's a measure tool. Take a step. And he is going to throw yet another bottled lightning moderate at it for a total of tw- 11 plus 15. 26? 26. No, wait, it's it's 27 because I haven't applied my devise a stratagem. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll hit. That's why I was confused delicious. I get to do 4d6. That is 9, 2, 2, 4, 13, plus another 4 is 17. 17 lightning damage, electric damage. Okay. Plus 10, which would be 27 because of the weakness. Uh, 27 total weakness. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you throw this bomb and it short circuits and it falls down to the ground with a thud and a bunch of gears and springs just ting 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 ting, ting and you start hearing this ticking how big is its radius ticking noise how big is its radius uh 20 feet oh all right chester says clear out cuz that's the end of his turn he is exactly 20 feet away uh okay <laughs> all of you hear this or if this was CFDs, the whoosh. Somebody. That's... Yeah. Somebody with good strength shove Chester back five feet. Please. Psykir, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's your turn. Back away, Psykir. Psykir's safe. Uh, you know what? I'll just measure it. Be nice for you guys. Everybody is within range except for Psykir. Oh, this Eleanor is the main one in range right now. Oh, no, Psykir actually is within range. No, I, I drew it on the map. 20-foot emanation. Oh, wait, am I safe then? Or is that also a green square? You're safe. But I'm 20 feet away. I guess it's from the middle of it? Yeah. 20-foot mm. emanation. You're measuring from one of the upper left Outer squares. Oh, corners. I guess okay. I'm safe then. Ooh. Thing is, so, Jacob, if I can't get out in time, so long as I... S- s- no, you can. If I, if I succeed the reflex I'm gonna save, close I wouldn't take doors. any damage. You're, you can get You're going to close the doors? Yep. What? See you. Because <laughs> everyone else is in this room. Oh, easy. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Blast doors. 
Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Uh, anything psych here? They closed the doors, remember? <laughs> All right, if you don't doors. shut up, I'm actually going to close the doors. They close the doors, they close the lifelink. I won't get hurt. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to cut the lifelink and then close the doors. Bri has left I am the going to cast blindness on Eleanor so that she cannot see which way to go to get out. <laughs> Cringe, ratioed. <laughs> Mauled, seethe. <laughs> Do you want to just skip your turn? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna back up a little bit more. Okay. You mean you don't want to stand on the edge of the explosion and look cool? I can back up like five more feet and still oh. be on the edge of this explosion. I'm sorry, I forgot Chester's free action where he puts on a pair of shades and lights a cigar and stares at the Sphinx. Okay, cool guys, don't look at the explosion. Okay. They run away while the explosion the happens behind them, and they trip and they fall the, the cool way. Eleanor, it's your turn. And let it blow their overcart, like past them. Activates the GTFO wave. protocol. <laughs> it's in the head with a screw. <laughs> uh, back up. Yep, we're she backs safe. out. Okay, uh, it's Asuvu's turn. Asuvu sees Chester put on the shades and look at the explosion. <laughs> Asuvu is going to move up to Chester and attempt to athletics check to move you. I'm safe. Oh. I'm safe. I, I know. don't need to be moved. I'm just memeing right now. What are you doing? Uh, natural 10 on the die. What's your... Uh, Hands off my Chester. husband. Do my fortitude, wasn't it? Or my reflex. Fortitude, DC. Uh, uh, that's going to be 22. a total of 24. Oh she grabs you and just like I don't want to actually move the stuff on the map. So she just like, get down, doing? Mr. President, get down. I'm supposed to look cool, Mr. Chester, get down, and Mr. Chester, as as she, get down. As soon as she does it, boom! This thing blows up. It scorches all of you. You don't take any damage, thankfully. But you all get like oh soot God. and like gears hit you. God, 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 God. No, because this I have a normal for me. I would avoid them. Oh. <laughs> uh, you are now uh, out of combat as it has exploded. Would you like your moderate lightnings yes, and please. flasks of acid back? Yes, please. You can have them back. Danke. I still can't believe I did the most damage missing than that of anything else. Weakness is a hell of a drug. Uh, but after after it explodes and you all get knocked down, uh, it dies down. It's just smoking. All of you like look up and you have like the soot all over your face from the explosion and the fire. Uh, and that's where we're going to end for this. Uh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was an hour long combat. Wow. Yeah. It was a relatively easy combat. <laughs> because am- we took advantage of weakness. You're right. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. Weakness, 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 weakness. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D gallon, and we are also on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at Third Gallon. We also publish a video version of this podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon Podcast. Our theme for this season is Delta Rust, composed by Andy Ellison. Our ambience for this episode was composed by Michael Gelfie, and you can find more of his work on his YouTube channel, Michael Gelfie Studios, and you can support his awesome work at patreon.com forward slash Michael Gelfie. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.